everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can check out my interview with Tess Gerritsen up there now. Yes, it is. So go find more at authormagazine.org. We're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. To learn more about them and their classes and their fabulous yearly conference, go to pnwa.org. Got to meet a debut author, Elaine Roth. She'd written some stuff in magazines and uh, short stories, but as her first novel, The Midnight Garden. And good conversation because this is a woman who not only dealt with a lot of rejection, you know, she wrote, I think, six novels, she said before this. But um, the novel is based on her own tragedy of losing her husband to cancer pretty young. But, you know, you can turn all experiences into something positive, which is what she has done. Good inspiration to us all. She is an author. As I said, she has written about young widowhood, grief, and dating as a solo parent. Her work has appeared in Huffington Post, Refinery29, Modern Loss, and Scary Mommy. Her story uh, was also featured on People.com and in the New York Times. She has two kids and an adorably neurotic rescue dog. And as I said, her debut novel is The Midnight Garden. And hey, I'm glad I get to share this conversation with you now. Enjoy. All right, we've got with us today, debut, just freshly minted author, (laughs) Elaine Roth. Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, My pleasure. Literally, as we're talking, not as this podcast drops, but as you and I are speaking, this is it. This is when uh, Midnight, The Midnight Garden, excuse me, The Midnight Garden drops your debut novel. How are you feeling? It's kind of weird. It's kind of an event, non-event at the same time, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. My phone is kind of blowing up with notifications, but it's kind of nothing is really happening yet because no one's read the book. No, yeah, they, yes, they, some of us have, but not Not everybody has. So, uh, but still, so you're kind of, you're enjoying it, I hope. Yes, I really am. It's been, it's a lot of fun and it's fun to see the packages arriving at friends' houses and yeah. them opening the boxes. Yeah. So well, it's, it's a good time. All right. So this is uh, book and novel number one. I get the feeling, yes. I don't know, if my, my gut tells me maybe this was the first novel you wrote or was it not? Were there many before this? Oh, there were. All right. I, I, lo- I lost count. I think six. Okay. I think six before this one. All right. So Uh, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. All right. So this isn't public. So double congratulations. Long journey. You stuck with it. Stuck with it. We'll back up a little bit. This particular novel, this story, has some very personal connection to you, which we will uh, get into. Mm -hmm. But first, your relationship to writing, that's been, this preceded, obviously, this novel. But you have been a writer for a while, have you not? I mean, this has been something you've, had in your life for a good time? Since I was a kid, I wanted to be a writer. I always said I was going to be an author. Right. Uh, I've always been a reader. And then, uh, you know, I went to, for public relations, I went to law, but at the end of the day, I came back to writing. I just loved it. Right. Well, public relations and law do involve writing. They involve a lot of writing. Yeah. It's a different kind of writing though. This one's more fun. This Uh, kind of writing is more fun. 
Yeah. I, yes, I I would agree. I would definitely <laughs> agree. Although it's funny, you know, if if you can write, I mean, if you like writing, if you so just simply putting sentences together, there's a lot of things open up for you in a way. It it, it gives you sort of a certainly in school. I noticed this for myself. Like just not hating writing made school a good deal easier for me. I don't know if that was the case for you. Yeah, well, I mean, writing really comes into everything. Even when you're solving math word problems, you end up True. needing to write and understand writing. It always comes in. All right, so talk to me about the transition. So you get out of college, you always want to write, but got to be practical, got to make <laughs> money, and just be foolish. And uh, you, uh, so you go into which first? First public relations and then- so I- I went into public relations because I thought, all right, I'll hang out with celebrities if I have to have a real job. <laughs> public relations turns out doesn't pay that much. And very often you're oh. not hanging out with celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> so then I went to law school for the quote unquote real job again. Um, and then when my kids were born, I left to take care of them, especially my daughter was born nine weeks early. Oh, okay. So when the, after both of them were born, I wanted to do something and I went back to writing my first love. Wow. Okay. So you're probably in your twenties, early thirties at this point. Yes. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just turned 40 actually. Okay. Oh, well, doing great. <laughs> great. Um, all right. So you were, so you were, so you, you're home with your kids and you decide to write and did you go to fiction first? So I did, I did go to fiction first and I thought that would be, all that I would do. So I worked okay. on novels. I would get, I queried it, got rejections, took writing classes for plotting, for character development, wrote another novel. That one got rejected a hundred times, went back wow. to working on it. Um, then after my husband passed away, I took up actually um, personal essay writing, which became writing about personal essays, which became writing about parenting topics. And then yeah. I entered this nonfiction world too. Right. And so so your husband. So this was this became this was the subject of this book to some degree, in, in that the 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 one of the protagonists is a widow, young widow, young widow. Right. Um, right. You were a little older, but still young. To I mean, if you were you had young kids, um, right. And so that um, that had to be a, a pivotal moment in your life because obviously a, a loved one passes away just help you just start thinking about life a little differently, I would imagine. And the personal essay kind of opens up for you because you have stuff to say, you have stuff to explore. Right. Um, did you enjoy the, that creative, cause that's really my world that I, I swim around in. Do you like, did you like the creative nonfiction? I call it creative nonfiction, you know, uh, we're telling stories based on your own life. What was that? Oh, like? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I started, it actually started as um just a blog that I was kind of, yeah. Uh, working on uh, cataloging each day of his brain cancer battle. Right. And then that took off and a lot of people started to follow it. And that became writing the freelance personal essays. And it is something that I love to do. It's something that I still, I'm trying to fit somehow manage right. all of it at the same time. And, and when you started the blog, was it really just for therapy almost? Just, just, to, just what was the, what was the, cause obviously you, your mind can't be on, oh, this will make a great career. You're dealing with this, <laughs> this very, consuming event um was it just for a release what was the motivation behind that it was it was twofold it was I was sitting I remember at lunch with a friend and it was a date in March and it was the date in March that two years prior my husband had had 
this major surgery. And I remember thinking in my head, I can't believe that two years ago I was doing this and now I'm a widow at this lunch table. And this woman has no idea what is happening in my head right now. Right. So part of it was I needed to get the story out of my head because it was consuming my thoughts. Oh, so this was cataloging it after the fact, not after what the was fact. happening. Oh, no, oh, it I was see. all it was all looking back using um, text messages, photos, emails to recreate okay. our whole year. Right. And then I wanted the kids to understand what happened because the way that brain cancer young. manifests. Yeah. yeah, they don't understand why their dad started acting a different way than he used to or where we right. were all the time when we were away at doctors. So. Right. Okay. And so that was some people do not like to revisit uh, the painful past. So I teach a lot of memoir writing and personal essay writing, and that is one of the hard parts. But you found a way to do that, I assume. Yeah, I think I needed to because otherwise I just kept feeling the story inside my body. So this was a way of getting oh, it out okay. into the world. And then I could just move on with the day. Right. So you were, and, and for a lot of writers, they don't know what they know until they've written it. Like the writing <laughs> teaches them what they believe and know. Was that the case around this? Oh, absolutely. I had no idea what I was going to write that day, but I knew people expected me to publish a story at some point And I expected it of myself Right. for the particular day. And something just came out every time. Something would come out every time. Do you, was it transformative in some way? In other words, you can live in grief, but you can only spend, you know, when you grieve, you can't live there forever. Obviously you have to explore life. You have to enjoy yourself again in some way. And so did it start becoming sort of transformative in terms of, I know it's awful, but in every experience, there's something that's gained from it. I find for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it was, at first, it kind of just let me sit with the experience a little bit longer because I think my body was in and my mind was in such shock for so long. Yeah. So going through it like that, yeah. let me sit with it that little bit more so I could now transform it into something that then I live with. Yeah, that's good. And so, all right. So, so then you, so then you published in like some parent, looks like you did some parenting magazines and you did yeah. um, some wellness type stuff, your Pilates yep. instructor in, in yes. addition to being a, a writer and a mom and probably other things too. But, um, <laughs> but then, but the fiction still bubbling around in you, the desire to tell fictional stories still, that still, you didn't consider it's like, all right, maybe this is my thing. Maybe this is my thing. This, this nonfiction stuff, but the fiction is still bubbling around. I just wanted, yeah, I just love writing and I love the stories that aren't about me, which, but I like to pull in some of it. I love writing the nonfiction. So somehow I'm just going to always be too busy for my own good. Right. Well, do you think that the experience of publishing first, you know, essentially essentially self-publishing with the blog, right. Mm -hmm. Then selling essays that had to have helped you psychically feel more like, a writer in terms of, cause your work is being shared and you start feeling maybe a little more confident just because you know, people, you can connect to people and it's not all just, you know how it is when you're writing and sending to agents and editors, it just feels like nothing, like nothing. There's no communication happening here. There's no readers. <laughs> I don't know if you experienced this, but oh, I tell absolutely. my students, which is like, at some point you need to write for readers, not critique groups, not agents and editors, but just readers. And that's the nice thing about a blog. It's just readers and they're reading for different reasons than critique groups and agents and editors. Don't you think? Yeah. They're reading for emotional purposes. Largely they're, they're reading to connect to something bigger and that it really is motivating. And it is, it does build that kind of confidence of that. The real people who real audiences connect with what your work is. That's right. So, okay. So when did you start writing the midnight garden? 
I started it, I believe, in February 2021. Okay. Oh, right in the <laughs> cold, dark heart of COVID. You started <laughs> writing, you started writing the Midnight Garden. So you'd already written six novels. I think so, yeah. All right. I lost that's, count. You know, that's I lo- fine. I lost that's count. fine. Let's let's say six. It's a blur of learning experiences. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This and when you started it, did you say, okay, so the protagonist in this one so it's you 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 alternate between two characters hope and will and uh the female character hope is recently widowed uh, well two years when it starts um she's young mom and did you she's think not a mom she's not a mom what did i okay, anyway sorry got confused um <laughs> so thinking of you i was thinking yeah. of you. <laughs> fair right. enough so um so you are were you thinking oh I should write a, I got to turn that my experience into fiction or did you just start wanting to write a story with two characters and turns out one of them was a widow. How did that come about? I think a mix. I wanted to write just because grief is something that I know and I know how to write. And I know that I, I know that it feels meaningful to me to write that subject, but I also didn't want to write my story. Right. Um, so I created this young widow who in a lot of ways is different than I am. Yeah. So that way I could bring in aspects that I do, I enjoy writing about. And I like to connect with audiences about without delving into my story about it. Yeah. But you get to pull on your own, but the thing is you get to pull on you. So you just know what it really is as opposed to, because sometimes it's a weird thing. Sometimes when people write about, I've read writers who are writing about death, say in a certain way or a certain kind of grief, I kind of feel like they, sometimes they push too hard on it because if they haven't gone through it, they don't trust and so there's a kind of forcing of something. Whereas if you've actually gone through it, sometimes you can pull back a little bit and the motion just comes through. That's what I sensed in your story anyway. Yeah, I had, I don't know why, but I kept picking up books randomly, not knowing anything about it with one of the main characters would be a widow, a youngish widow, you know, not an 80 year old woman. Right. Um, and each time, I, you know, it was irrelevant to the story, but I would just roll my eyes at the way this widow was portrayed. And I think some of it was, I wanted to pull in, the real experience. I, you know what? It it's totally legitimate because when you've lived through it, there's something. There there are details about having lived something that it's it's very hard for the imagination to summon. You know, to yeah. picture, and there's just subtle details, and so it's it's invaluable. So, all right. So you let yourself start. You say, okay, it's time. I'm going to try to tell this story. Uh, it's a really good story. I mean, this 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 you bring a lot of cool stuff into it without giving anything away. But um, did it feel different when you started it? than some of the other books yes it felt uh i shouldn't have said yes so quickly (laughs) at first it didn't but as it was developing i could tell it was different and the day i pressed send to send it to my agent i just had so you already had an agent ah so at this point you you had gotten an agent for one of your other books i got an agent for the book right before yes all right so good agent she she i always assume is she i don't know is it a she she, okay (laughs) Uh, I always so good agent. She doesn't sell it, but she she believes in you. And so yeah, she actually didn't even try to sell the other novel. What? She, we, what? We, what? we worked Tell me about it. This. We we worked it. She she had signed me based on the novel, but said we need to make these changes. And I made the right. changes, and it still wasn't quite coming together for her. So she said, "Let's scrap this. What else do you have?" So then See, I started working on the Midnight Garden. All right. So I want our listeners to hear that. Like if you're interested in being traditionally published, when you find the right agent, he or she 
is into what you're in, hopefully is into your voice, your perspective, and they don't, ex well, some of them, but hopefully they, they don't, they know it may not be this one, but they're sensing something in your, the way you tell stories that they like. So that's a great example. She stuck with you and then let you write. Now, did she, when, when you sent it off to her, did she say, oh yeah, I think we got something here. Or did this one also need a lot of work from her? Uh no, not not as much this time. I sent her the first couple of pages and she said, you're not quite on the right track. Oh, so OK. All right. I, okay. So but the idea stayed the same. And then I switched it to this different track. And that one basically okay. from then on was, all right, here's the couple little things that I would move. So you agreed with her. So she she said no, it didn't working, but you agreed with what she was saying, not just because yeah. she was your agent, but you felt it was the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. When I put when I put it into the story, it fit better. So that right. Sense. Did she? So this is published by Lake Union. Did she? Yes. Did she go to a lot of places? Did she have Lake Union in mind? It was. Was what? What? How did you? Um, what made you decide, or how did you end up with Lake Union? The process is a little bit of a mystery to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, we, okay. She, you know, we were. Uh, the book was out with a number of publishers, um, and I got a lot of actually really nice rejections, yeah, complimenting the writing, complimenting <laughs> yeah. the story, saying. But it's not quite a fit. So there was nothing. No one could pinpoint why they weren't saying yes. But then right. Lake Union was excited. All right. That's good. That's, see, yeah. it only takes one. It only takes right. one. And so did you like your editor there? Oh, I loved her. I thought she, I mean, she actually just left, which is I'm no, sad about. God, but this is, well, welcome to the world of publishing. Right. But she she just really understood the story and the characters. And I mean, she was just lovely to work with. Did she leave for another house or is she done with the world? Is she now she's going into law or something. What's no, her? I think she's pursuing her uh, her own writing. Huh. All right, fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she she's staying in the publishing world. All right. So, I but believe. okay. So, but you liked working with her for this book at least. Yes. All right. Good. And so you got to really work with someone. That's. But you're kind of used to that from having worked with. Hey, I'm sure you've worked with some editors at at publication like for your articles and stuff. I'm sure you have a little bit of experience with that. <laughs> yes, I've worked with editors who don't change a thing and print it as is. And I've worked with editors who, when it gets published, I can't quite recognize my voice. In it oh, all, that's no good. That's no good. I've had, yeah. I had some editors write, write entire paragraphs or sentences. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'll yeah. do it. I'll just it only do it. happened. It only happened once where I almost thought I should take my name off of it. But yeah, that's, fine. that's too bad. Well, yeah, it's, that's bad editing in my, I'm an editor too. <laughs> so that's bad editing. All right. So now, and so you have, you know, you got your own cop. When did you get your cop? It's probably a couple months ago. You probably got a couple some. months ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to, uh, you're, you had a little experience in PR. So maybe you're not afraid of publicizing <laughs> yourself. How, does that, is that going to help you at all as you, as you have to spread the word? Uh, I was not a great publicist, so I'm oh, not no. sure that it's going to help me. And social media, I feel like is not, Really? Not where I'm no. not my comfortable space. No, they so. want you. They're going to want you on Instagram. They're going to want you on BookTok. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, BookTok scares me. Does but, it? But I'm trying. I'm trying. I have to admit, I am confused that TikTok has been a place that book certain writers are thriving. I do not understand it. It seems antithetical, but it's for some people, it's made all the difference. So who knows? Absolutely. No, it's a smart, it's a smart place to be if you can figure it I out. Yes, you got to find how to talk to people in 30 seconds about your book or whatever it is right. what you're doing. Um, so you're so all right. So you don't love social media, but you're willing to give it a try. Uh, it's fun. It's fun when you're on it. I just don't know how to, 
you know, some people just seem so natural on there. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how to do that. I mean, the right kind of writers, they, it's a lot of you just talk to your audience sort of about stuff. Right. And then, oh, I got a book, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. you got to be able to talk about stuff. Well, uh, all right. So I assume, my dear, you're, you're hard to work on the next one. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. No, don't tell me anything about it. <laughs> Keep it secret. But you are, but are you enjoying it? Or are you deep in the throes of it? I'm deep into it, but I can, I have the same good feeling about it that you do. That's good. Every, it's a, this one is writing very slow, but it feels like a cleaner first draft than my usual one. So I think it's yeah, maybe you learned a few things. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping is why the writing is going slow. What is the biggest lesson you took away from from writing and publishing Midnight? If you think about like, because I'm sure you've learned a lot from this process. What are the, some of the things you've really learned having written and gotten accepted and blah, blah, blah? I mean, I feel like it's cliche to say, but I think I really think the biggest lesson is not to give up and just to keep celebrating the little milestones. Oh, I like that. That's good. The little ones. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them along the way. You know what my biggest mistake, I think, when I was a young writer was not understanding that every step I took mattered, you know, because yeah. if it didn't lead immediately to publication, I thought they were all just I was just going around in a circle, but it really wasn't true. So all those novels that you wrote that didn't get published, they weren't for naught that they weren't they weren't nothing. They were in each case, you were kind of learning something. You were on the Absolutely. journey. But it's hard to see if you're like if it's just you and your work and no one reading it. But you know, your loved ones or your mom or whatever. Right. <laughs> and so I think that's great. So that, and, and did you learn that while you were writing it or did you like finish and look back and realize, Oh, it's really good to celebrate the little steps along the way. It was definitely a finish and look back. And yeah. even now it's, you know, it's, it's the work of trying to just stay present and enjoy this moment and not instantly start saying, well, is it doing well? Is it right? Do right. People like it. You know? Right. That's really Just good. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. Maybe having published this one, it'll be easier to stay present with the writing of the, with having published Midnight Garden. It'll be easier to stay present as you write the next book and not project out into. Well, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I hope okay. so. We'll see yeah. tomorrow. I guess. Do you think? Are you open to doing like um, clubs and that kind of thing? If they oh, like, let you zoom in. If they would like me to zoom in, I'm happy to make it happen. Now, where do you reside in this great I'm, country of ours? Where do you I'm live? In New, I'm in New Jersey. Okay. So are you going to do like live events? Is that a thing for you? Uh, not really. No. Okay. So I, you're I just going to do podcasts so. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a book launch party today. But oh, you do? When? Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty local. Today at four. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Now, what are you going to do? Tell me about your book launch. How are you going to handle? What are you going to do? What's your plan? Well, it's at uh, it's super fun because it's at my the Pilates studio where I teach. Oh, the owner, okay. the owner and I have known each other for a decade, okay, or more. Wow. So it's fun. It's bringing together my Pilates community, my mom community, the book community, and bringing it all together in one spot. So it'll be a good time. Do you have a some kind of bookseller who is going to sell books to people so you can sort of do that too? Oh, funny, you know. I'm hoping everyone pre-ordered. We kept putting out the pre-order oh. link. So I'm hoping that all They'll the books come arrive. with their books and you can sign it. <laughs> that is that is the hope. Otherwise they can 
Sometimes you can contact, look, it's too late now, but you contact a bookseller and they will say, sure, if you're going to have hundred people there or 50 people there, I'll come there and sell 50 books. You know, they'll, they'll yeah. be willing to show up with it, but sometimes they're prickly about Lake Union. Sometimes, sometimes they get a little prickly about it, but you know, maybe they're getting over that. All right. So, and, and you, have you been feeding in the congratulatory stuff from your, from all your friends and, lo- and loved ones? Oh, that part has been, it's been the most fun today. It feels like my birthday. Oh, it's great. Well, you deserve <laughs> it. And what do your kids think of this? How old are they? 13 and just about 12. Oh, oh, they're conscious. <laughs> so this must be confusing to just at the age when they resent you. They're so annoyed by you. You can't believe you even breathe in their presence. And yet you've done this thing that they've got to be a little proud of. I'm actually, I'm lucky because they don't resent me. They think oh, good, I am, good, they'll say good. the cringiest person to have ever walked the earth. Um, they said they, that about you? Yes. Oh, I mean, God. that I'm so cringy. And they would say, telling people that they call me cringy is cringy. It's very, but. What is it? Are they boys? Do you have a boy, girl? A girl and a boy. A girl and a boy. They both think you're cringy? They both absolutely think I'm very cringy, very embarrassing. Oh God, what is it? What is it with children and their parents? They just, they get to a certain age. They just don't want you anywhere in their vicinity. Well, no, but, but this they're proud of, but this, this they're, they're proud of. Okay. This they're excited about their right, you know, teachers about their friends about. Yeah. This yeah about. See, secretly that's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. My, my oldest kid, she's, she's pretty snarky, but she, for father's day once she gave me a mug that said world's okayest dad. I oh. thought that was her way. <laughs> snark and love snuck in there i heard Um, they come back to you when you're a little when they're a little bit older when they're past the teen years totally they if you haven't completely alienated yourself from them (laughs) by being just being bitter that they became teenagers then they will all likelihood come back to you and you know you know as grown-ups and a little maturity under their belt. All right. Well, good Fingers luck. <laughs> good luck with you and your teen kids and your book. Uh, okay. So again, the book is Midnight Garden. Everybody get it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's cool on a number of levels. On a number of levels. I say it. Um, okay. Not quite done with you yet, my dear. Uh, I want what you do is I want you to think about all the writing. You've done a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. All the writing that you've done. And if all this writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh, great question. All the writing has taught me anything. I think it's that writing really is just at its heart a way to connect with people and a way to help to help connect with people, to help people feel seen and heard and give them a voice when they don't know how to give themselves a voice. Oh, I like that. That's nice. That's nice, Elaine. And I agree with it. Oh, it's excellent. Hey, congratulations. And this has been Thank you. fun. Thank you so much. It has been so fun. Yeah. Wasn't that a wasn't that a nice answer? I I think it's a true answer. I think it's very nice. It's to connect with people. And I do think, even though when you write, you're giving yourself a voice. In some way, you're kind of giving other people a voice, too. I do think so, if they really connect to it. I do, I do, yeah. So that's good. My, I want to thank my friend, my producer, R.J. Jeffries. I want to thank all of you for listening. So, yeah, you know, you got a voice. Everyone's got a voice. Go use it. It won't just be for you. It'll be for others. For all of us. For all of us. So go write a story.
Go write a story for everyone. See you next week.